has evolved the most over their entire like rocking career like some so from album one to now if they're still around or from album one to their last album which band evolved the most do you want to go first or do you want me to go first dude i'll just say my blurb okay you know i don't really have a answer but i have a blurb okay let's hear it so like you could easily say the beatles you know you would not be wrong to say the Beatles. You know, I mean, every they got their jams. You know, they yeah. every album was pretty much different for the most part, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But I want to stick with my roots, man. Okay, and stick with them. Metallica. Uh huh. Explain to the people who might. There are people out there. Sometimes we forget this. So that don't realize that Metallica doesn't sound like. Enter Sandman all the time. Right. So in the 80s, Metallica was, uh, you know, this thrash metal band. And then the Black Album is pretty much different from, you know, the 91 was the Black Album, Enter Sandman. And and then kind of the mid-90s was Load and Reload, which they kind of went even further in the commercial music scene. And then they kind of... I mean, those were the, like their last two original albums of the '90s. They had S and M and Garage, Inc. Yeah, and then, <laughs> that breath, like oh, oh yeah. God. And then 2003, they had Saint Anger, which I was. I think they're trying to get in that what would they call like that metal scene, like Slipknot and no yeah. guitar solos on that album. And then like 2008, Death Magnetic. You know, they they just More always yeah they just adapt to the market. You know, and that's evolution, man. They're surviving. Yeah. They're surviving, bro. Uh, <laughs> do you like that? Do you like that kind of like... Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Even though... Now, I'm I'm cherry picking the term you used, which isn't fair. But like you said, they evolve like to match the time period. Like, aren't Metallica fans... But, I know, Aren't they angry about that? Don't they... A lot of them just wish they'd do what they did in Kill Em All that, and Ride the Lightning. I, I mean, I don't know, but to me, that's like why I'm a Metallica fan. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, because they're just, they do what they want to do. Dude, and I think, um, I think I can give you a couple of examples why I think your perspective is correct, Okay. I can't be sure that my life selling shoes applies, but in my day job, I sell running shoes. And runners are a picky bunch. And they once they find something they like, they want it to always be that. Mm-hmm. So like when a shoe comes out and it's great, they want that exact same shoe forever. At least that's what they'll tell you. Yeah. Right. But the problem is that these companies update the shoes and they make them different and, you know, put new features in them and, 
the customers claim to hate them. And maybe they do, like, at first. But they they always find something different. And anyway, the long-winded point I'm making is people think they want something, but they don't mm. realize. If they actually had the same thing forever, they wouldn't like it. If, yeah. Met- if Metallica actually made the same records like Ride the Lightning and Kill 'Em All and just stuck with that forever, they would lose a lot of the fans they had and they they would still have like their core group of fans. Uh, right. But they they wouldn't have new fans, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they'd lose a lot of the fans they did have. Um and <laughs> and the other half, the other side of that is that the people who were never fans would absolutely hate them. As as long as they were famous and they kept doing the same thing. Yeah. They would absolutely be hated on by everyone else. And my second example of that is Nickelback. Like mm. Nickelback is people are like, oh, they're the it's very like cool to say Nickelback sucks and they're the worst band in the world. That's just because all they do is make the same record over and over that their fans fucking love dude but they like like, what's wrong with that or like acdc acdc is a motorhead yeah yeah you know yeah in a way those might actually be slayer yeah in a way those might be counterpoints to me because because people don't hate on them the same way but they're also right right but they it's the same kind of thing though yeah you know and those bands are not as famous as nickelback at least in the yeah entire musically they are but not not to like the average like mom mm. you know um so yeah that's a good call but and i also think for good i like that they changed too you know pe- people think they know what they want but if metallica really didn't change it would not be for the better dude yeah it's good that, and and i think it made death magnetic that much better dude because well like death magnetic they went back to it they went back they Simply went back. <laughs> they simply they went, went back. Simply went back. Yes. Bro. Um. So I'm gonna cheat. Not. It's not one of those cheating things where I'm like, I went out to, you know, make a mockery of this question. But this whole we've all we've spent this episode talking about is Silverchair, and now that I've thought about it, I can't get it out of my head. I think my answer is Silverchair. Really? I think you're right. You could argue the Beatles. But my YouTube's not working right now, and we. But we just talked about how Diorama is this like giant orchestra band. They were not that on Frog Stomp in 1994, when Frog Stomp came out. That was just a metal album, at least a heavy, heavy grunge album, and and Diorama is like just uh, a barrage of cellos and horns and. Uh, everything that you normally wouldn't associate with metal. Mm. It doesn't, I, I think people who are familiar with this, um, people who are familiar with this might think of Metallica's S&M, like, oh, this is what they must sound like. Mm. Like rock music with an orchestra as like the backdrop. And that's not what it is. It it's almost like the guitars are occasionally the backdrop. Uh, we finally got this up here, so I'm gonna play a little of it. Across the night was the moon that stole my slumber. 
That's the whole album. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, that's much different. I I hate it. I, I hope Craig didn't hate my answer there because I think really what Craig wants to know is, or would prefer that answer to be, is something that is, one, not quite so obvious, and you have to like argue that it's a lot different somehow. No one can argue that that's different from Frog yeah. Stomp. Like, you can... Uh, you could s- use some nuance and say like, well, at its roots, Metallica was still like, even when they were doing speed metal, like James Hetfield still had melody and whatever. It would be BS, but you could you could make like a little argument against it. You can't argue that that's not totally different from yeah. Frogs. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, I could see a little bit of freak show in that, like with yes. the strings and yeah. stuff, but. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, and I already said like Freak Show was step 1 towards getting to that and Neon Ballroom was step 2. Um and there were more songs on Neon Ballroom that like I said, it, it was like the middle ground. More songs on Neon Ballroom that went almost full orchestra um and uh actually I'm trying to bring up one right now. If I could work faster on the computer here it comes i'm gonna have to skip an ad here this is great radio right now um so here you go four three two one that's me skipping an ad now it's loading oh this is horrible this is so bad forget it just go on youtube and look at emotion sickness that's up here and just like that here it is So there it is. You get the picture. Okay, we've had an. That's enough. That is effing Please. enough. I know we got to move on. Okay, we're definitely splitting this into two eps. One, two, three. Okay, that brings us to the third best sophomore album of the 90s. And this gets me so excited.
in my Winkerton. Because the third best sophomore album of the 90s is Pinkerton. Dude. From Weezer. All right. Um, I have a lot to say about this. So you... What did you think of it? Was this your introduction to it, or were you familiar with any of this beforehand? I only knew El Scorcho. Okay. So the first single. Yeah. Um, other than that, I did not know anything. Did you like El Scorcho beforehand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You still like in it? in like a weird way, but now I think it's cool. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think that al- album is baller. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You'd be right about that. <clears throat> Um, it's like kind of experimental in a way, you know. One hundred percent. But it's rocking and it's mm-hmm. uh, poppy too. Yeah. You know, it's able yep. to reach an audience, mm-hmm. which is the mm-hmm. if you're going with experimental ideas, you know, that's right. kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's so much to say about this. You and tell th- me, bro. Right. I'm. I'm about to. Okay. The Blue Album was really popular. You know, kids my age liked it. Um, I remember even my mom saying to me, like, what do you think about Weezer? Like, I saw an interview with them, and they seem really normal. That was my mom's, mm-hmm. like, ju- how you judged whether my, or how my mom judged whether she could like a band that I liked. Like, oh, did they seem normal on TV? Which, ironically, probably, Rivers Cuomo is probably the one of the weirder motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like he in real life, he is a messed up dude, kind of. Really? Um, not. I don't want to say messed up. He's just like awkward. Yeah. I don't use that word loosely. Uh, yeah. I think oh, the word awkward is overused, but I think it's perfect for him. Mm-hmm. He's like kind of shy and and meek, but he's also like a rock star, uh-huh. and I don't know. It's he's he's a unique bird, but um. So, <laughs> anyway, what was I saying? What were we talking about? Did your mom? No, not my mom. Before that, that was part of the tangent. So anyway, the Blue Album was really popular. And so this this album was anticipated, of course, highly anticipated. And oh, when, and I, what I meant was that it was kind of accessible to the Blue Album. Like the Blue Album was accessible to a lot of people. Yeah. It was like bubblegum pop. It had a little bit of edge to it, you know. It rocked enough for people who liked grunge. Yeah, th- I think it fit that category, you know, like mm-hmm. the chords, especially yeah. and the structure. Totally. You know, do you know what, what do you mean by that? The chord arrangements or how they voiced them? Both. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. So again, not to get too technical, but the chord voicings, especially on the blue album are, are different. What they do a lot of the time and this is what gives Weezer their signature sound kind of is that power chords is a thing. And they were really big in 90s and grunge music. And Weezer did it a little different. They took, oh God, here I go. They don't play the fifth of the chord, which is the power chord. The power chord is typically made of the root and the fifth. Weezer did not play the fifth. What they did actually was they played the root and the third and in a, I guess it's the fifth, but they played the fifth below the root. So you ha- what it makes is this like thunderous but dissonant. The lower the notes get and the closer they are to get, when notes are close together in low registers, they sound much more dissonant than mm-hmm. they do like in higher registers. So, but it sounds like muddy. But they made they took a way to make this like thunderous mud 
and turn it into a really melodic, like catchy album. I think that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. So, but, but it was also somehow accessible because it was melodic, right? And then Pinkerton comes out. And I think, I've thought about this a lot, and I think Pinkerton is my generation's sort of best example of kids know rock music better than adults do. Hmm. All right. Because this album was critically, it wasn't like panned, but it was like ignored. You know, this album came out and people gave it 75%. You know, they gave it three and a half stars out of five. They, you know, they rated, like I said, they rated like, you know, Metacritic or whatever, 72. Like it was average. People pretty much ignored it. It was like, here's another Weezer album. But my generation knew it was good right away. Like, we were into it. Now, I I don't think any of us knew it would have the staying power it did. But, like, we were into Like, we loved it from the beginning. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of it. Yeah, because dude. Because the adults were not into it. Not like we were. Only, you know, 30 years later... Are people like, oh, that's le- literally a top 10 album. It's like from- Led Zeppelin, bro. Yeah? You know? Like when they were out, the critics hated them. Well, it's know? like many great artists. Yeah. You know, ahead of their time. Dude, boom. But I don't think it... Weezer... I don't think this is... Can it be ahead of its time if no one ever did it again? No one has ever made an album like... I will say it. No one has made an album like Pinkerton since then. Yeah. I know that a lot of people feel like Weezer has influenced other bands and that's true but there aren't any bands that I know of that really sound like Weezer and there's no other Weezer album that sounds like Pinkerton yeah because there's yeah they always name their albums because yeah. <laughs> they always name their albums Weezer yeah you have you said are, how many there's well let's count them there's the blue one uh-huh. then there's the green one then there's the red one there's also the white one. Now, the new covers one is Teal, and they're releasing a black album also. Oh, so there will be six self-titled Weezer albums. Maybe by the time this is aired, mm-hmm. or put on the web or whatever. So if it's out there. Yeah. So anyway. Weezer, if you're listening. <laughs> Weezer, come on. We haven't asked anyone to come on I, the show yet. Rivers, I know I kind of insulted you and said you were awkward. But Dude. also of any rock star, you and I look the most alike. Of any, uh, if you're comparing me to any rock, if I put on some Buddy Holly glasses, we have the same hairline. I'm leaving my hat on, but we have the, <laughs> we we look more alike than any other rock star. So that's reason enough to come on here. Yeah. Dito, please. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Obviously, I like this album everyone really that at this point in time anybody who listened i haven't met someone who's like oh pinkerton's not good Mm -hmm. it's pretty universally well loved now it took but to drive my point home you know uh what did i say uh freak show went gold in like a couple of weeks or something like that this album is platinum it took 16 years for this album to go platinum, that's that's a cult yeah. following right yeah. there, and I mean I don't know how many records it's sold now, but it is atrocious that it hasn't sold. I don't know what ten million. I don't know. 
the fact that it's only one time platinum is gross because mm-hmm. to hear people talk about it, including me, it's maybe the best album of their life. I wouldn't oh, really? go that far. Yeah. We'll get into it. Let's, let's just get into it right now. Um, because I'm, I'm sure a lot of the points I want to talk about will come up as we go through the songs. So let's start like we always start. What's the best song or the best song on here? Raddest song on here for you. Dude, The Good Life, bro. Say that again. I'm not sure it was in the mic. The Good Life. that song right in my veins dude that song is tasty <laughs> it's so good it's so good i mean it, it's just it's like a fun song um do you have anything special you want to say about that one dude, that is I... just a good rock song man that so like when it starts out the claps are genius mm-hmm. it's just like you know anybody can play this song anybody can count this song in dude mm-hmm. you know so and then like what is it? The pre-chorus at the beginning. It's just like, where's the song going? Yes. You know, it's just like, yeah. cool, but I, you know, I don't know, but I'm, I'm in, Yeah. you know? And then the chorus is just insanely catchy. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and actually this, that would probably be my favorite too, but it was my favorite for so long that yeah. I've kind of, I don't want to say I've outgrown it cause it's still good, but I think I've pink triangles just like a little fresher for me.
Speaking uh, of catchy choruses. Yeah. Um, there's so much I like about that song. Um, the chorus just rocks a little. Not that, again, this sounds like I'm sliding the good life. The good life for me is a, oh man, no matter what I say, it's like, it's like I'm sliding the other one. By a hair, Pink Triangle just rocks a little harder at the mm. chorus for me, especially the last chorus where they where um, he changes the melody and just kind of like, instead of going, Pink Triangle on the sleeve, he goes, Pink Triangle on the sleeve. Like, he just kind of like sings the same note over and over. It's just like a little stupid change Dude, but that like, makes the biggest difference, man. It, it totally does. It makes the biggest difference because it's like, it's it makes it more emotional. Yeah, it makes know? it more rock. Right, dude. right. Rock. Um, so that I I've always liked it. I just as with age, that one has become dude, my favorite one. I will say that this album may have turned me on the Weezer, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, I hope. I hope it stays that way because like it's the only album like it, <laughs> but, but there's, I still like Weezer short. Well, maybe it won't be that short of an aside, but what was that a timeout? Dude, bro. What? Oh, something happened. Dude, the cameras, bro. Oh no. Well, mine, mine is out of space, I think. Yeah. So Sam's going to mess with the camera and I'll talk a little bit about what I was saying. <laughs> a professional break here. Um, the <laughs> so what we were saying about Weezer here and and how um and how Pinkerton kind of relates to the rest of their catalog. It, people who are Weezer fans know that this is the only song that or this is the only album that's like it. However, what bugs me is the Weezer fan who's like they haven't done anything good since Pinkerton. And those people are out there. There are people who are like, I'm a Weezer fan, but I haven't liked any of their music since 1996. So first of all, that means you basically, even if you like all the B-sides and stuff, what, you probably like, I don't know, 40 songs, something like that. So it's, it's, I'm not judging people who are like, you know, I'm a Weezer fan and I haven't liked anything since Pinkerton. But I, I think it's selling so much of their new catalog short. The Green Album has, and I used to say the Green Album was my favorite, but I know it's not. It's good, but but it's not my favorite. But it has lots of good stuff on it. Their newer stuff is really good. I haven't, the Teal Album doesn't count because it's covers, but the White Album and Everything Will Be Alright in the End are both really, really solid. Pacific Daydream I'm okay with that's the one right before um, the one that came right before the teal album and there's stuff in the middle that's good actually my favorite Weezer song is heart songs which is from the red album so you give the new stuff a chance and and a lot of and Sam's out of the room right now if you guys can't tell he's out of the room so I've taken over the podcast and (laughs) what Hey, he's back. What's happening? Out of room, dude. Hmm? Out of room. Oh, on your camera. But I'd like to point out yeah. what's 
more professional than a timeout, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing's more pro- I guess. I don't know. So we're out of room on the camera. YouTube might have to stop. But anyway, so you're coming back in as I'm talking about. that. Uh, there are Weezer fans who say they who really feel like they're fans but haven't listened to anything since this album. They just kind of feel like it it never... They gave up. Right. And I will admit that, like, what... Weezer is not the most evolved band through their career. Like, the Green Album, which was the one after this, sounds a lot in many ways like the newest, the Teal Album that they're putting out now. Like, and, and the Blue Album is the second most different. The Blue Album definitely has an edge that their newer stuff doesn't have. Well, maybe they're setting something up, bro. It's been a long setup. <laughs> I don't think a 30-year setup, 20-year <laughs> setup. Um, what what I would say is that what people don't sometimes get about Weezer is that it's because Pinkerton is so raw, they think this is the only thing that's honest. Oh. Right? Like this is the one that like he really talks about his darker side to put use his own words and talks about like serious stuff he thinks about but all his stuff is painfully honest mm-hmm. like and every his rivers lyrics are mostly like literal mm-hmm. there's a song on um uh gosh i forget believe make make believe sorry make believe is the name of the album there's a song called uh uh, freak me out, I think is the name of the song. You, hey, you really freak me out. And basically, he's just talking about like fans who come up to him and literally just like freak him out. Like they they say things that are, or they ask questions that are too personal, or yeah. they they know everything about him and he doesn't know anything about them. And like people are people will say like those lyrics are dumb. And and even I would say like. There's no artistry to that kind of the same knock I made on Silverchair, but the difference with Silverchair is I get the feeling that their stuff is made up, like this is a story they've put together. Yeah. With Weezer, it's all honest. It's just completely literal. This one is just the most dark. So what people really want is dark Weezer, hmm. and at least that's my judgment. That's the that's to me. If you don't like new Weezer, it's because you can't come to terms with the fact that not all Weezer is dark. That might be a little dramatic, but... It, that sounded pretty dramatic. But it's bro. all melodic. It's all kind of this... Like, there is a common thread from Weezer Blue to Weezer uh, Black, which has... A, is it the lyrics or the music? The It's not the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Though the lyrics have commonalities, too. It's more the music. It's more how he writes his songs and how... Every song, well, not every song, but um, I would, I was maybe going to bring this up later. One thing that is hard when I'm picking your favorite song from this album, one thing that I found hard anyway, is that picking your favorite Weezer song from any album is like picking your favorite nursery rhyme. Like mm. It's not like picking any other band's favorite song. It's not like picking your favorite movie. It's not because in a way... They're and this sounds bad, but I don't mean it as a knock, but they're so similar. Like it's it's just a chord progression with a lovely melody over it. Um now there's different things the drummer does and yeah, different exactly. things the bass player does to add like color to it, but but the songs on this album and 
all really all Weezer albums are for the most part cut from the same cloth. And that's why I say they're like picking my favorite nursery rhyme. Like, yeah, nursery rhymes are different, but I couldn't tell you my favorite one. They're all close enough. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, you may say the chords are kind of similar, but like the tempos vary and mm-hmm. there, there's always like a different structure, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't, album fresh. And I wish I could articulate. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could articulate why I, maybe it's because they're all just so good that I can't, I can't uh-huh. pick one. No, I love Pink Triangle. I love The Good Life. But I also love um, Get You. And I love Why Bother. And they are all different. Otherwise, you know, uh, if they weren't that different, it would be hard for me to recall which is which. Like it is with Freak Show. Mm. But it's not, like these are all memorable in their own right. But at the same time, like they have a common feel, like a common theme that makes it hard to pick one. Um, but we can pick what our least favorite song is if we have to p- pick. And I knew you'd pick this one. Did you? Well, yeah. Did you, bro? Which one was your least favorite? Bro, you tell them. It's Butterfly. Yes, you all knew it. Too. If you've listened to the podcast before, you all knew it was Butterfly. With my mama's caught a lovely butterfly. I woke up today on my fairy If you've listened to that album before, you know that the rest of the song is the same thing. Do I need to ask you why that's your least favorite? Maybe. Why is that your least favorite? So it's not that it's a bad song. Okay. It's just the least rocking, but I think it's in the right place on the record, man. Oh, for sure. You know. For those who don't know, it's last. Yeah. It's the 10th. This butterfly is, (laughs) this is funny. This is coming full circle. I have a good story for you. Butterfly, it, well, you were reading a little bit about this. His inspire Rivers inspiration for writing most of these songs is Madame Butterfly. Yeah. The like opera Uh or whatever. So for just for that reason alone, it makes perfect sense to be on here. Um, and, and I think it's an, for an album that's all about how disappointing the rock star life has been for him, like this, this song makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's just a pretty song on any other album. I think it's a throwaway. Yeah, definitely. But it, and while it's probably the song I'm least excited to hear, because all of these are so good. But it makes sense on this album. It makes sense on know? the album. So I can't call it my least favorite because it, yeah. it does. And they, again, they all make sense. But this one makes so much sense that I can't call it my least favorite. But I do want to tell you this story. Before, we we used to call it in pre-production, mm-hmm. the stuff Sam and I talked about before we started recording. And we were talking about uh, Girlfriends. And I told Sam that I didn't really have any girlfriends who, like, you know, ever wanted to talk to me again after the relationship. I wasn't that kind of dater because I'm a bridge burner. Like, someone say I'm still pretty immature, but I definitely was. And so, like, when I would break up with someone, 
which was rare because I was gutless. I would <laughs> never gutless. I would just <laughs> punk. Um, I would put it off and put it off and put it off, and eventually, like they would break up with me, and I'd be like, "Oh, thank God," or <laughs> or or I would finally do it, and it was just like so painful that mm-hmm. I dragged it out that long. Or the alternative that I was just like completely heartbroken and couldn't like cope with it. So I would be mean or like way over dramatic. And when my first college girlfriend broke up with me, we used to do open mic nights at the, the like coffee shop at Denison where I played and I played butterfly there. And it was, I didn't say like this is dedicated to, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever. But if you knew me, you knew it was. And the lyrics were perfect for that, you know, about how he captures this thing that he thinks is beautiful and then he ends up killing it because he didn't treat it right, you know. So anyway, (laughs) so that was, you know, after, it wasn't really after that that the conversations with that girlfriend ended, but like it was not a good foot to get off. (laughs) But now I'm, now I have my wife and things turned out a-okay. 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 All right. So really hard for me to pick my least favorite, but if I got to pick one. This is the 12th episode of the podcast, which equates to roughly 11 to 13 albums we've Mm. covered. That's the toughest one I've ever had to say is my least favorite anything. Oh, really? That song's good. Yeah. The reason I don't like it as much is because it's a little slower. Right. The the verse part is not that interesting to me. So let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Oh, are you going to tell me something, or are you saying that's how I was starting that conversation? No, no. I do have something to say. Okay. So this was like the first time I've listened to this album. Uh Uh-huh. That song is the third track. Is that right? Yeah. Right when that song started playing, I'm like, this is that kind of album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. Like the vocals kind of like off pitch, but it sounds good, Mm -hmm. and, and you're like... Dude, this is refreshing in a way. Totally. You know what I mean? And it, again, speaks to what I was we were saying earlier about there's no other album like this that I've yeah. heard. Like, you might have read this too, that like when they recorded the vocals for this, there are no overdubs. It was the three guys in the room on the same microphone 
just singing the lyrics together Damn. the whole time. Now, I'm sure there are overdubs of the leads, especially because I've heard Rivers live before, and there's some vocal stuff in here that I don't think he could do in mm. one take. But but when they're gang vocals and they're all together, they didn't overdub that stuff. It's all, And you can hear some like odd mm. harmonies and, and maybe sometimes like unison backups that probably weren't supposed to be. And you're like, okay, that might have been a mistake. But that's it's all great. That's it's what all makes good. a good record, man. Uh huh. And they were trying to capture like more of a live feel here, yeah. which is why they produced it. Um, and it's totally not bubblegum. See, I was looking for the producer, and I didn't know Weezer. It's Weezer. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So their first album, I think, was Rick Ocasek from the Cars. Oh. He definitely was on the Green album, mm-hmm. and I think that's what happened. Like. Blue Album, massive success. Pinkerton, massive failure. At least that was the perception. So come back with the same producer who did the blue one. That If Weezer made a mistake, I think they just should have kept making their own. Um, but yeah, so th- that's what they did was they... What do you think would happen if they came out with an album and they said, yo, this is I'm us. so glad you asked. I don't think, I don't think they could do this but again. But what do you think the hype would be? If they were like, okay, we're going to, well, it depends on how you present it. Like, are they saying we're going to produce an album by ourselves and just kind of leave it at that? Yeah. I think that would be good hype. Uh-huh. I think that would be good organic hype. People who are kind of in the know would be like, oh, it's going to maybe be more like Pinkerton. Yeah. But they wouldn't be like attached to making a Pinkerton necessarily. It would just be like clear that they had a little more say in what direction the album went. But to flip it, if they were like, we are going to produce our own record in an effort to make another, not to outright say like, let me put it a different way. If it were understood by the public, that part of it was to like make it sound like Pinkerton, that would be bad. They already have the cult following, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's all I have to say. Mm Mm-hmm. As long as it's good, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's in them anymore, though. Oh, yeah. I Well, first of all, like I said, I don't think they could do this again. But second, I... And again, this kind of speaks to what I was saying before. And of course, it's all speculative. But I just... I think that this represents a time in their life that has passed. Mm-hmm. Well, specifically for Rivers, since he's the songwriter. But... It's so honest that to try to do this again would mean would have to mean on some level he's in this like dark place for him. This isn't dark compared to Allison Chains. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Is this a time Yeah, they're into having fun now. Yeah. Like Rivers, I think, enjoys being a rock star now. This is more like in utero. Yeah. Where he said flat out, like, this is about my disappointment about this is about the loneliness of being a rock star. Mm-hmm. Meeting people after shows, having conversations with literally hundreds of people for thirty seconds and not connecting with anyone, going to your hotel room and sitting there alone and then driving nine hours to the next place wondering how to spend your time. Yeah. Like that's the loneliness of being a rock star and he's full of shit. Give me that, give me that life. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I'm on one hand, I'm making, I'm telling this like earnest story from rivers about how tough it is to be a rock star. And in the same breath, I'm like, Daniel Johns from silver chair. You are full of it. You, no one thought you were a loser. You know what I mean? Like I'm judging 
him, Daniel Johns on one yeah. hand and kind of saying like poor rivers on the other hand, but dude, poor rivers, bro. I, I agree. I still feel that way. Yeah. I can't help it that the arguments kind of like contradict one another. All right. So, um, one th- song I didn't put in here that I meant to, cause we, now it's time to go over our, uh, hidden gems which this is probably going to be split into two episodes so i better explain what the hidden gems are again hidden gems are our favorite songs on the album that were not singles so we've already gone over two singles the good life and pink triangle so the one single we haven't gone over yet is a little jam called el scorcho That's a good line. Don't you think? Dude. I, I like that one. I'm just listening to the music, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, that song was close to my least favorite. So this is like kind of like the Beatles structure of an album in a way. That's yeah. like their octopus garden. Oct- you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's that? Abbey Road or something? Yeah. yeah. Abbey Road's one of them. I mean, that's I think that's a song. Oh, oh, Anyway. Oh. Yeah. The song that's on the album. Mm-hmm. But I remember uh, Spence Bailey, if you're listening, bro. What's up, Spence? Spence. We might need you to design a t-shirt. Dude, Spence. Anyway, we we would play rock band, and that's how I heard this song. El Scorcho? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's how I heard this song. Okay, okay. Yeah, it would be a good Guitar Hero song, I think. Yeah. Um, Or rock band, whichever it was. Yeah. So El Scorcho, to me, is like the ultimate... Not the ultimate. From the Weezer catalog, it is the ultimate, like, I'm a frat boy. I don't know any Weezer song, yeah. but I know this one. You know, like, I'm a like you, <laughs> so please. Drunk like, pirate. I can, right, I can sing along to this <laughs> song. And and it starts off, I mean, I think it gets a lot of its, like, fun from the first line. Yeah. Just being like, <laughs> God damn, you half Japanese girls. Like... It's like, oh, I see where he's going here, and I like it. You know, like it, I don't it know. Feels, <laughs> it feels a little wrong. Like, it, is that racist? I'm not sure, but um, you know, he's goddamning them. At the very least, it's not nice. You know, so yeah, that it's a good song. It's just not. I'm not. It was never in the running for my that favorite. That song here. just makes you feel like you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like party time. Yeah. Like, and you're already in the thick of it. Yeah. Like, you have been like, partying already. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't choose this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh, 
I don't know why that was so funny. <laughs> I didn't choose this. <laughs> okay, I laughed hard into the mic. All right, so what hidden gems? What's your hidden gem, Sam? Dude, tired of sex. Never. What? joke but like inject it into my veins <laughs> inject oh my god so there aren't you could argue smells like teen spirit i guess there aren't better many better ways to open to an album open yeah. an album than that yeah and what's different about smells like teen spirit is it gets right to it yeah like this one is a little bit of a slow burn uh-huh. where it's like you got this drum beat and it's like this low hum and a boring verse and then at almost exactly a minute, everything drops out, and it's just a vocal line. And like five, I counted. <laughs> at some point, you lose track of what's a synthesizer and what's a guitar feeding back. But it's at least three guitars feeding back. Really? Yeah. And then just, wow. <laughs> dude, the mix in this album is killer. Yeah. Dude. Like they did it right. Yeah. The what drums you, sound awesome. I was going to ask and you. the bass. I, the bass sounds great. I was going to ask you if you like the drums. The sound. bass sounds like Chris Novoselic, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Nirvana. Yeah, like a little dirty. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you about the drum sounds because they sound, they sound to me like the drum heads are just like loose. Yeah. Like, like this he's hitting and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean the bass drum, yeah. And like the, the snare, the snare when he does that, back of back of, yeah, you know, yeah. Like the bass drum was got was pregnant, and then shot out the baby, and then it just <laughs> needs some time to yeah. shrink back up again. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what it sounds like to me. But that's, I mean, I, it's fun, even though I can't. Yeah, live. it's exact. That's exactly right. Is it's fun. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what the album sounds mm-hmm. like is the mix equals yeah fun mm-hmm. f u n fun <laughs> i wish i could go back and like remember what it was like to hear i mean this is why we do the or why i do the podcast and why we have fandits but like it's fun to think back about what it was like when you heard that the first time and like listening to the blue album and then getting this 
and seeing that the first song is called Tired of Sex for one thing. Yeah. And for another thing, hearing that song after the Blue Album was like, what the hell are they doing? But it was still good. Yeah. Like I said, the kids knew what was going on. The The critics did not, but people our age at the time knew what was going on. My hidden gem is a little ditty called Across the Sea. think of that one you like that one yeah i love it i just think it's like i mean i'm getting a little over dramatic because the more we listen to it the more i'm like god this is so good. the more i just want to bite on vinyl bro <laughs> <laughs> i just think that song is like so pretty and the sentiment again is like so honest i generally don't care about lyrics mm-hmm. um but there comes a point where either they're so like fake and like vapid that I'm like, what's the point, man? Yeah. Like come up with something better. And then there's something like this that is like so like dangerously honest. Like that is weird. That song is about a girl who turns out to be a, a very young girl writing him a fan letter and him being like, God, I just want to m- be with this girl. Like I don't even want, I don't mm-hmm. want to be a rock star. I just like, this makes me want, to like fall in love with this girl in Japan like and saying and just I don't know it's just it's so pretty and so weird but the the melody is so everything about that song is so good I like how it starts out yeah 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 with the like piano ditty and stuff it's like wait turn it around and then ugly guitar chord like wah you are 18 like he says 18 Uh she's not 18 I think it turned out she was like 14. Not on, but again, it's not like he would necessarily have known that. But I think like, I don't know, through the magic of the internet, we know who this girl is now. Oh, Who yeah. wrote this letter like, I don't know. It doesn't matter, honestly, because whether it was real or not, it fooled me. And, so, and it fooled a lot of people. And it's just, it's so good. That song is so good. And I mean... 10 out of 10 songs on this are very good. Dude, that's a perfect amount Mm -hmm. for this record. Very frequently only does 10 songs. Like if there's 14 songs in this record, I'd be like, "Eh." Mm -hmm. Now, what if one of those songs 
like a B-side sounded like this. Could this get added on there? Okay, two words for you. Yeah. Hidden track. <laughs> that wasn't hidden actually. That that's a or it should have been, you mean? Yeah. Oh god. That I mean anyway, so like sweet. after Butterfly, the clock keeps uh-huh. ticking. You're like, yeah. oh, dude, I thought the song was over. Yeah. Like, Wrong. like dude, it keeps going, man. Yeah. So that song I that song is from the others of you may have heard it before, but it's also on the re release, the deluxe edition that came out, I think, uh, for the 25th anniversary or maybe it was the 30th but that song is sweet too it doesn't belong on this though i don't think maybe if it's a hidden track if maybe if it was a hidden track but i see it still has the same sound yeah you know what i mean it does have the same sound i mean correct me if i'm wrong bro this one I actually think that this song fits better on a later album. Oh, yeah. But not Green Album. The Green Album was like too playful. This fits. You Gave Your Love to Me Softly is the name of the song. I think it fits really well on like Weezer's newest stuff. That's hmm. like a little edgy, but still like well-produced. Um, I mean, it fits well in anything. I just think that it's not, doesn't have quite the same atmosphere as the rest of this album. Um, I can't remember what that came off of, but a lot of songs from this were um, thrown out because Rivers was putting putting together this rock opera called like Songs from the Black Hole, and it had this whole other theme. And uh, this was another this is another one of my favorites from that one. Drone, get ready to blow your mind. What were you wondering there? Dude, is it? Is it what? Is it? What? I'm not going to say it, dude. Is it? I don't know what you're getting at. Dude, is it? A female singing? Yes. Yes. All right. Yeah, that wasn't wasn't Rivers. That was a lady named Rachel Hayden who was going to play a part in that rock opera. Uh That was Songs from the Black Hole. So anyway, that's what I think that's a cool sounding song too. Those are my two favorite like little B sides from the deluxe edition. So that's a reason for you to go out and get the deluxe edition if you don't. Yeah, I'm totally gonna buy that. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of jams, lots of live stuff too. So that 
I don't know how you top. I mean, I do know how you top Pinkerton. There's, there's two more that we've got. Dude, how many more? Well, that was the third best sophomore album of the 90s, so there's two more. But we're going to torture you a little bit in these next coming weeks. Um, we're going to plug some things in between, so we're going to really drag We're gonna drag it out. So season two is longer than season one. It's not going to be just like 10 episodes. Dude, we're Maybe going places. Like 20. Hopefully we're, going, we're places. going places. As of this recording, we, we haven't are. put any of these out we on d- the We have. <laughs> we have. <laughs> we have. It's true. Well, yeah, they're on the Twitterverse. N- dude. Assuming my phone battery hasn't we have. died. <clears throat> well, we definitely have to um, deliver some breakfast. <laughs> we will have to deliver some breakfast if when this is over. Um we we come to find that someone has left a comment on what was it? What part? Twitter. Yeah, was it? No, it was a comment about a specific spot. Uh, yeah, we'll take care of that later. Yeah, we'll tell. Oh, what a great way One, to end two, the episode. Shibidi bop. Get wet. Yeah, don't forget, people, to get wet. All right, get super wet. sold their souls and I got a story a story once was told two young boys go into